We're now going to have our Bible reading, and uh, Mark Palmer is going to read that for us. I'm going to read from John 17, verse 3 to 23, in the NIV version. So now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's my absolute privilege this morning to welcome our speaker, Catherine Clarkson. Um, She's not here, sadly, in person. Um, She sent us a recorded message this morning. Um, Catherine's one of our very favorite people as a family. Um, And for those of you that don't know her, she serves for a charity called Hands at Work. 
which is based in South Africa, but which serves uh, many of the neighboring countries as well. Um, Catherine first went out there, I think it must be about 13 or 14 years ago now. Um, she did come back briefly, <laughs> um, but then she went out there permanently. She felt a real calling from the Lord to go and serve the very, um, probably the poorest people on the globe almost in the people based in these incredibly poor communities um, in South Africa and the surrounding countries. She has a real uh, passion for them. God has very clearly called her to do this work. She finds huge fulfillment in it. It's really incredible. If you ever get to speak to her about that, please do so. Um, But her passion for these people was really born out of her passion for Jesus. And I'm sure that will really come across in her message this morning. So over to Catherine. Good morning, everybody. It's such a joy to be with you this morning. Um, And just so excited for um, what God is busy doing in and through his church. And I just want to thank Jim and the leadership for this opportunity to be able to share as part of your your series um, and to open up God's word together. As may have been introduced, my name is Catherine, uh, or Kat, some people call me, and Um, I have been part of the Waypoint Church family for for many years, and I now live and serve in in Southern Africa. And I'm joining you today from Zambia, a rural farm that we stay on, where I spend a lot of my year, typically. Um, And it's just always such a beautiful place. I hope the the Zambian sounds you can hear around the birds and um, and such like aren't too distracting um, as we as we open God's word up together. Uh, I'm part of an incredible ministry called Hands at Work, and Hands at Work seeks to reach Africa's most vulnerable children in the most impoverished places across Africa. And I've had the privilege of being part of this team for about 13 years now, and I can honestly say, and I don't really mind how many times you have to hear it, it is such a privilege to be part of this work, and. Um, I just feel like I am more in love with Jesus each and every day, more aware of my deep dependency on him and my, my need for his grace each and every day and called to build his kingdom more today than I feel like I ever have been before. And because you're my sending church, you are part of something very special here as well. Over these past few weeks, we've all been part of a fantastic series, haven't we, called The Unshakable Kingdom. And I think it's just been such a brilliant topic for us, especially at the start of this brand new year. And I thought Jim kicked off the series so brilliantly when he spoke about how understanding God's kingdom was like a, it allowed for a, to be a catalyst for change and how we're in a battle. It's to not expect it to be easy but actually to embrace it as a battle, to treasure also what we have, that our inheritance is worth more than any treasure this world has to offer. And I loved then how we moved on and Chris reminded us that that God's kingdom was his reign in and through his people and over his world. I loved his reminder that the kingdom of God is good news. It's good news. Chris led us through the Lord's Prayer. One of the last things he spoke, it's actually really stayed with me these last few weeks, that kingdom things last for eternity, that the kingdom lasts and God always wins. Amen to that. Then last week, of course, Kevin helped us to consider our spiritual health 
And he spoke about the family responsibilities we have of being in the kingdom on this earth. He spoke about the need to surrender. He spoke about encouraging other people to grow. He spoke about putting our egos aside, looking out for the needs of others, and just simply saying yes to being a kingdom builder. And I've loved the wisdom that's come out from these three men these last few weeks. And it's just made me so hungry for God's word and for him to build his kingdom in my life and around me. And so here we are today. Um, And not only am I doing the last week in the series, but I'm doing part two of two. So no pressure. Um, But I really also feel just so grateful to be able to share with you today. And I just pray that my words are just the ones that you need to hear today and and that through the spirit he will just remove anything from my mouth or anything from your ears that isn't helpful for you and and not that uh, you know take away anything that he doesn't want me to say so um i think i think you know that i spend a lot of my my time traveling um from country to country and just trying to stay faithful to what god is is calling me to do and, you know, I think the nature of traveling um, from place to place is that you actually learn to settle relatively quickly. Um, you make home quite quickly. You adapt to environments around you so that you kind of feel less of a stranger um, and more of kind of part of the people. But I think the reality is um, that I often don't really get the chance to ever feel too comfortable in any one place. I don't think I have, uh, I'm in a place long enough to feel like a, a permanent citizen um, and to take on all of the culture or the language or the ways of living. And I guess this kind of life has both many positives but also some drawbacks. You know, I get to experience and, and see different people groups, different places, and I'm, I'm forced not to find my home in physical ways. And there's a real sort of transiency Um, to my life and it can sometimes feel like I don't always know where home is Um, and it can feel a bit like that Um, and honestly I I often say to people I lose count of the number of times I wake up and I have to sort of retrace my steps in my mind how did I get here you know where did I travel from yesterday you know and I think as I, I thought about this last part in our series I think our father desires us in a way to seek a life a bit like this, um, or at least kind of a posture like this. Um, I don't think he's calling everyone to live this literal way of life. And I passionately believe that kingdom building work can happen anywhere, through any believer. It can happen in your home. So it's not about where it is. But I do believe that God calls us to live with kind of a light footprint Um, here on earth and with our eyes fixed not on the now but on the what's to come not on the temporary but what's coming for eternity you know none of us know how long we're living on this earth the bible says our days are numbered so it doesn't make sense really that we fix our eyes on earthly things which the bible actually says just rot away but on things eternal to come which can't be destroyed, they can't rot away, and they can't be stolen, they last forever. You know, Hebrews 11 is such a well-known scripture to us all, and it speaks about the giants of faith who had not yet received what was coming. 
It speaks about Abel and Noah and Abraham. Actually, he's a brilliant example of somebody who, who denied their earthly home, quite literally. He knew ultimately where he was going. You know, we learn about Isaac and Jacob and Sarah, Joseph, uh, Moses. Um, and, and the author of Hebrews says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And I love how it says, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. So today in this last part of our series, The Unshakable Kingdom, where we're specifically looking at the kingdom right now around us here on earth, having heard last week the responsibility we have as children of God, to, who are part of his kingdom. Today, we're going to look at the rich reward that we have waiting for us when we bring God's kingdom here on earth. In the passage that we heard this morning from, from John 17, we see that Jesus, he was just pouring himself out to his disciples. This is the part of the story where it's right before Jesus is going to be crucified. He knows he's about to be betrayed um, by one of his own. Um, and he's spending a lot of time with his closest friends, his disciples. And he promises them that although things were about to be incredibly tough, and here comes one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, he says, in this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, and... I just love that reminder that the, this world, the troubles are becoming more, more frequent, um, more pervasive. I, I don't know about you, but when I, I look at the news, it feels like even in my lifetime, where we used to see natural disasters, war, conflict, um, horrific violence, it feels like that has only escalated in these past 10, 20, 30 years. It's becoming more and more, our world is becoming more and more broken. So I cling on to that promise. In this world, you'll have trouble. Maybe it could even say in this world, you'll have trouble that's only going to get worse. But take heart, I have overcome. So in the word from John that we, we read this morning, Jesus looks to heaven and he starts praying to his father, and he speaks about the disciples and the time that uh, he's had with them and how he's so much in them and the father is in him, and there's kind of this oneness. And Jesus knew his disciples were listening to him praying, and he, he says these words. He says, my prayer, so he's speaking to his father, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. You see, we are temporary visitors here on this earth. In the same way, I am a temporary visitor here in Zambia. And although we are just passing through sojourners, the Bible even calls us visitors, foreigners, we actually have a unique call on our lives as followers of Jesus to be unique in this world while we're here, salt and light. And it's a, I believe it's a real call to integrity. To not live as the world lives, but to live differently, not as residents of this world, building up treasures and storehouses for ourselves, but as citizens of God's kingdom, here for a mere moment before we arrive at our permanent home. 
And so our integrity is not that we will be, we should be in the world. Or sorry, our integrity is that we may be in the world, but not of the world. There's a difference. I want us to have a look at the screen and this first image. Uh, Hopefully you're seeing uh, two circles overlapped. And this is a picture of what God dreams the world to be for us. Here we see heaven and earth which came together. And it was a place, you know that, that little overlap bit that you can see there? It was, that was a place of perfection where God was dwelling right alongside his people. It's called Eden or the garden. Heaven and earth met in this perfect place. God dwelt with his people until sin entered. And then as we see on the next screen, there was separation. God said that one day he will create all things new. But for now, this picture you see in front of you is the world we live in. It's separated from him. And Satan, the evil one, is the prince of the world. And that seems a really heavy thing to sometimes say out loud, but it is true that Satan is the prince of the world. But we are children of the light. And Satan cannot touch us. We are children of the King of Kings. We are merely in this place right now, but not belonging to this place, to the world. We belong to this glorious kingdom, which will have no end. So you and I are here, and we are called to live lives that honor God in his kingdom, fixing our eyes on our forever home, not giving up, using the gifts of the spirit each and every day, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, to act so differently to the way that the world teaches. So what does this practically mean for us? I think the world teaches us, the world, that compromise is actually okay. I think it says, be loving, but only so far as it doesn't inconvenience you. Be generous, but only if you have enough for yourself. It's okay to gossip, to sort of bend the truth, fight for yourself, come out on top. But God's kingdom way says no. Don't compromise. My way is through a narrow gate. You know, in Revelation, we read that stark warning about us being neither hot nor cold. It says it's actually better that we're one or the other. It's better that we're a believer or not a believer. The world may teach us that being lukewarm is okay, but God says no. He says that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And he asks us to deny ourselves, not a part of ourselves, not when it's convenient. He says, deny ourselves, follow him, pick up our cross. So our first point for today is that call to integrity. It's a call to live in the world as we are right now, but not to be of the world. And it's a call not to compromise. So let me ask you, Are you a different version of yourself in different places? Are you following Jesus every day of the week? Are you the same person in private that you are in public? 
Do you find yourselves dulling down your beliefs, your faith, even the name of Jesus in certain conversations? Do you compromise to keep the peace, to be liked, to avoid the risk of being laughed at, to stay in the background because sometimes it just seems like too much hard work? It is so tough, isn't it? I've got friends and family members who don't know Jesus, and I find it is so incredibly difficult to, to be a follower of Christ in every conversation and in every situation. But that is what I have been called to do. And the only way I can do it is to ask that strength from Jesus every day to not compromise, to be the same Catherine in every situation. I get it wrong a lot of the time. But I'm trying, I'm asking Jesus every day to renew that strength in me, to be faithful to him each and every day. So today, as we speak about the rewards that we have from kingdom, this kingdom living way, from not making our world our permanent home and, not from, and from not compromising, we actually find our home in Jesus himself. You know, earlier on in the same book that we read today um, from John, Jesus says to his disciples, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll realize I'm in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Isn't that incredible? Our home will be in the community of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit forever. That's our reward. Secondly, this morning, I want to consider how we live as we live in God's kingdom here on earth. I believe that we have a unique call of faithfulness. You know, a few weeks ago when Jim spoke about the battle that we're in, we are living in a battlefield. But the Bible reminds us that the enemies on this battlefield are not flesh and blood enemies. They aren't people or even physical things. It's a battle for our very souls. And remember that Satan is the prince of the world. God's word says that his weapons of choice are to kill, to rob, and to destroy at all costs. But God's way is life, life in abundance, if we choose to follow him. You know, God won't force himself on us. It's not in his nature. He gives us a choice always. But it is very clear that we cannot have it both ways. You can't be on that battlefield and fight for one enemy on a Monday and then run over and fight for another enemy on a Friday or a Sunday. It doesn't work like that. We can't live in the world and follow the ways of the world and get caught up in sin, which the Bible says so easily entangles. And we can't be lukewarm. It's like standing in the battlefield on the midway point. It's not going to work. We are called to follow Christ and to be faithful to him. But I realized as I was, I was preparing for today, I realized faithfulness in this world is so difficult it's like, as a world, we've lost the desire to be faithful when the world around us says it is okay to do things in half measure. It's okay not to be committed. It's okay to cut corners. It's okay to go back on your word. I think Jesus knew how incredibly tough it was 
even for his disciples to, to be faithful. And they were literally walking right next to Jesus. And in our passage from John that we read today, Jesus, again, he's praying in earshot of his disciples. And he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And Jesus was praying to the Father, asking the Father to sanctify, to make his, his disciples holy, set apart. And then he says, by the truth, by God's word. And I think Jesus knew that to be faithful to the calling set before the disciples, to live out their faith once Jesus had left them, was going to be nigh on impossible. But for the word of God, guiding them and filling them with power. You know, and Jesus also said in verse 11, in that same passage, as he spoke to the Father, he said, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. So I think Jesus is calling us to faithfulness in bringing his kingdom to earth. And he says, use my word and use my name to help you be faithful. And I'm not sure if you've ever prayed in Jesus' name. Sometimes it feels like an odd thing to mutter aloud, doesn't it? And I know that being here in Africa, I, it was a, it's a very common thing to hear, I mean, almost daily, to hear in Jesus' name. And I think for a while it felt more like a, a sort of cultural norm than it did something which had a deep spiritual significance. But I think over the years, as I've walked with the poor who live in the worst conditions that world even has to offer, and who have experienced the brutality of this broken world, I think almost always the most powerful, hopeful thing I can do for someone is to pray for them in Jesus' name. Because I think when we do that, we give up the sense that we know what to do. We even know what to pray for. We give ourselves as weak people in this broken world, and we say, over to you, Jesus. The one who says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome. He promises there is a day that's coming where there will be no more weeping or sorrow or pain, or terror, or war, or famine, or orphans, or AIDS, or homelessness, or loneliness, or rape. And he invites us to come to him, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and find rest with him. And he will help us carry the heavy burdens of this world, and he will let us lead us in that life of faithfulness, if we allow him. You know, I think an interesting part of our scripture today um, is a reminder, and it's quite stark, that if you belong to God's kingdom, do not expect it to be easy. In fact, I think we should actually expect it to be very tough. Remember, we're in a battle. This isn't a little playground spat. This is a battle for our souls. In verse 14, with the disciples listening in, Jesus prays to the Father and says, I've given them your word and the world has hated them. For they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. Wow. You know, earlier in John, Jesus even says a similar thing. He says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I wonder how that made the disciples feel. How does it make you feel? I do believe there is a truth that as a follower of Jesus who accepts the call to follow, to live in the world, not of the world, to not compromise, to be faithful, you will face persecution. We will face it. And you might be wondering, so where is the reward in building that kind of kingdom here on earth? I don't want to be hated or persecuted. Listen, listen now to what Jesus told his friends who probably had the same questions that we have. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. You know, when we're hated by the world, insulted for our faith, gossiped about, laughed at, misunderstood. Remember that there's not only a rich reward waiting for you in heaven, but you actually get to walk in the way of Jesus. You literally follow in his footsteps because so was he persecuted. We get to share in his sufferings. In the book of James, it puts it this way, that blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We're called to persevere. And one day we will receive a crown greater than anything this world could offer. The last point this morning I wanted to share with us as we consider how we bring God's kingdom to this earth. I think God is calling us to unity, to oneness. And I think this is a different model again to the one that the world gives us. You know, and as I look around, I see this world is more and more divided. People out for themselves, people yearning for independence, people striving to get on top. But the Jesus way, the kingdom building way, is to depend and be dependable. And Jesus shared shared the message we've read today just after he's told his disciples that he's soon going to be leaving them. But he won't leave them all alone. He promised them the gift of the Holy Spirit, God living in us. The name of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. As people, we are literally not designed to live on our own. We actually don't know how to make it. Even in the garden, remember what we spoke about earlier, even in the garden, at the very beginning of time, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. We're called into community with one another where you're part of something, where you belong to something. Someone needs you and you need others. The world tells us lies that we can go it alone. We simply can't. Remember the image on the screen where heaven and earth have met right there in the garden? I believe one of the saddest scriptures that we could possibly read is in Genesis 3 when the man and his wife, that's Adam and Eve, um, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? 
You know, when sin entered the garden and Adam and Eve were aware of their nakedness, they hid from God. They believed the lie of the evil one who rules the world, that they were naked and they had to hide from God. But God in his grace and his kindness clothed Adam and Eve. The first blood that flowed on the ground, you know, an animal was sacrificed and the skin used to cover them. That was the first sacrifice we read about in the Bible. And he did it to restore relationship and community. One day Jesus promised he would come to be that perfect sacrifice. And he would once and for all cover our nakedness and restore community with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit living within us. And we are invited into that community every day. To build God's kingdom, we can also invite others in. So what's our reward for embracing community, just like the Father, the Son, and the Spirit modeled to us? Well, it's God's perfect love. And that last verse in our John scripture today, it says, then the world will know that you sent me, and have loved them even as you have loved me. So, building God's kingdom on this earth is a call to integrity, never compromising, living in but not of the world. It's a call to faithfulness, expecting that the road is going to be tough. It's using God's word, and it's using God's name in the battle. And it's a call to unity, not walking alone, but embracing the community of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and then the community around us. And you know, as I was preparing for today, and I reflected back on the message that Chris gave us a couple of weeks ago, I really would love us to end by saying the Lord's Prayer together. And as we read these words about God's kingdom, let's pray with sincerity, trusting that we are called to do this kingdom-building work through the power of the Spirit. And I'm sure we may have a few different versions of this prayer. So let's pray together the one that's on the screen here as we close. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.